the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God's not an easygoing parent who just shuts his eyes to sins and faults and so forth because God is holy. When we come to God in prayer, if we're aware of something in our lives that's not holy, we need to remedy that. We need to confess and repent and get it out of the way because we have the privilege of coming into the presence of our Father, our Daddy, who is holy. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno as he continues to talk about prayer and specifically the Lord's Prayer, the direction that that gives to us. He began yesterday by parsing, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he moves on from there. And then the second part of the prayer focuses on our essential needs. And it's, uh, there's a number of facets to it. It identifies our needs in the sphere of time, the present, the past, and the future. So for instance, when we ask God to provide for our daily bread, what we're asking God to provide for is all that's required for life in the present. Asking God to provide for us in the present. And then when we're asking for forgiveness for those things that we have done in the past, we're asking God to provide for the past. And when we ask God to protect us from temptation, we're asking God to provide in the future. So in this prayer, we're talking about the present, we're talking about the past, and we're talking about the future. Also, this prayer um, brings our attention to the Trinity as well. For instance, when we pray for God to provide our daily bread, we are praying and focusing on God the Father who is the creator and sustainer of life. And then when we ask for forgiveness, our attention is drawn to God the Son who is our Savior and Redeemer who has saved us from our sin. And then when we're asking for protection from temptation, our attention is drawn to God the Holy Spirit who is our guide and the one who strengthens us. Now, notice that the prayer doesn't contain uh, requests for fortune, happiness, peace, or health. The things that we most often pray for aren't even included in the model prayer. It's not wrong to pray for those things, but we, it's not part of the model that has been given to us. So he begins by saying, give us this day our daily bread. And obviously it's more than just bread. He's, what he's asking for is everything that we need to sustain life. And you'll notice that we're asking for our daily bread, not our weekly bread or our monthly bread. Or what it, what it connotes there, what it implies there is that this prayer is a prayer for every day, that we should be praying every day. In fact, the New Testament tells us we should be continuously in prayer. It's also a recognition of our dependence on God to be our provider. We're asking Him to provide our bread. And and that counters what we tend to think, which is our employer is our provider. Or our government is our provider. Or we are our provider. 
because of our health and our strength and our intelligence and so forth. Our health, our strength, our intelligence, where does that come from? God. It's God who is our provider. And when we come to God, we ask Him, we are recognizing He is our provider, and we're, because we're asking for daily bread, it's a recognition of God's faithfulness. That we're going to ask today and God's going to answer. And we're going to come back tomorrow and we're going to ask and God's going to answer. That God is faithful day after day. And because of that, we don't need to be anxious or worry about tomorrow. We live every day, every moment in dependence on God. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, there are some who think that God is interested in saving the soul and but actually, God is interested in saving creation, of which our bodies are a part. Um, Jesus spent a lot of his time in ministry healing people's bodies. Jesus was concerned about the crowds that followed him into the wilderness to hear his teaching, not being able to get home because they didn't have anything to eat. Um, God is concerned, He's interested in our bodies. In fact, God is so interested in our bodies, He's actually come to earth and gotten in one. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And when God is saving us, He's not only saving our souls, He is saving all of creation. Jesus said, I have come to make all things new. And so when that is accomplished someday, guess what? We're going to get new bodies. And that body is going to be incorruptible. Give us our daily bread. You know, this world has more than enough food to, to, to feed everyone. The issue isn't the supply of food, it's the distribution of food. Because oftentimes that distribution is disturbed by corrupt governments. And so when we pray this prayer, what we're asking God to do is to confound the corruption so that people can be be getting fed. And it's also reminding us that if we have the ability to feed somebody and we know somebody is in need, we have a responsibility to provide that bread as well. To share our bread with others. You know, um, there's another place in the Bible where there is a request to give us bread. And it's found in John. Um, Jesus talks to his hearers and he says, I tell you the truth, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. And they had answered, well, from now on give us this bread. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Now no doubt the audience that day was thinking about physical bread and what Jesus was talking about is satisfying another hunger which is the hunger of the soul. Spiritual bread. And so when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we're not only praying that God provides for us physically but also spiritually as well. We need spiritual nourishment just like we need physical nourishment every day. Verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Forgive us our debts. Remind us that we're not only creatures, but that we are sinful creatures and we need His forgiveness. Each and every one of us sin against God each and every day in thought, word, or deed. 
And before a person can actually pray this prayer, they have to recognize that they need forgiveness, that they are sinful. And, they, and, that they, and, and, and it, the trouble is that a lot of people have a wrong concept of sin. I mean, they can easily identify sin in somebody else and usually pretty happy to tell others about it. But they ignore and excuse the sin that's in their own life. The Apostle Paul said, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now in the New Testament there are multiple words that are translated sin. The word that's used here describes a debt which is a failure to pay something that is due. It's a failure in duty. We have a duty to our Creator that we have failed to fulfill. We have a debt to our Creator. That debt was paid by Christ. Thank you, Lord. And now we who have accepted God's provision for that debt have a new debt, according to the Apostle Paul. And that is to share the gospel, the good news, with others. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And there's a connection between these. We who have experienced God's forgiveness... Have, a, have had a change of heart and are much better equipped to forgive others. People who call themselves Christian and are not willing to forgive others have never really experienced the forgiveness of God through Christ. The literal meaning here is forgive us our sins in proportion as we forgive those who have sinned against us. If we forgive others, God will forgive us. If we refuse to forgive others, God will refuse to forgive us. If we come to prayer and we realize that there is a matter, a problem between us and somebody else, we need to the best of our ability to get that matter remedied. We need to forgive. Ideally it involves the other person. Sometimes that's not possible. Sometimes the other person's already gone from this life into the next the issue can't be reconciled. Sometimes the other person is not willing to sit down and be reconciled. They're going to hold whatever grudge or whatever the matter is, it's just not possible. But for you, you need to forgive. You need to forgive. And anyone who says, I will never forgive so-and-so for what they did, is basically asking God not to forgive you. Not to forgive us. We need to learn to forgive. Now we say that, that doesn't mean that we need to continuously expose ourselves to someone who is toxic. There are toxic people in this world. We need to limit our exposure to toxic people. We also need to forgive them. Forgiveness is a part of love. And love is always seeking the highest good for someone else regardless of how they have treated us. Jesus himself modeled this as he hung on Calvary's cross. Surrounded by people who hated him and who mocked him and who enjoyed watching him suffer. And to them and to God he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Christ is our model. Verse 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Have you noticed that all these three petitions are joined by the word and? 
Because there are a constant need of God's people, provision for our daily needs, forgiveness, and deliverance from evil. But the petitions for deliverance from temptation and from the evil one are not linked by the word and because they're basically part of the same petition that God will protect us from temptation and the evil one. Now, in some translations it's translated from evil and in other translations it's translated from the evil one. And when I'm talking about translations, there's 450 plus translations of the Bible in English, not all of them reputable. I'm talking about reputable translations. So what's the issue here? Why isn't it that all the translators got together and figured out which one it is? And for the answer to that, well, you'll have to come back on Monday when we wrap up this message from Pastor Leighton Sheely. This was part of a series that dealt with New Year's resolutions, and we've sort of lost that focus. But if prayer was one of your resolutions, more effective, more frequent, more fervent prayer, Well, that's where he's focused for the last uh, four broadcasts, and we'll wrap it up, as I said, on Monday. I hope you can be with us. If you'd like to listen to all of this series, you can find it on the website, highlands.us. Just click on the messages link. That's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Have a blessed rest of your day and your weekend, and join us on Monday when we'll come back and study verse by verse.